You're listening to The Duck Podcast, Episode 14, Epic Fail. This episode experienced technical difficulties in recording and does not meet the Duck Podcast's quality standards. However, we offer it here for archival purposes. Our usual high-quality recordings will resume next episode. Welcome to the Duck Podcast. Um, we are here today. Uh, how are you doing, Kevin? Uh, it's been a long time since the last podcast. I mean, obviously, we'd start, we had our uh, first video podcast from one of our past tea parties, but a, a completely pure professional audio grade duck podcast we haven't done. Yes. See, we've had, like, we've had several expresses in between, too, uh, with yes. the uh, a couple, uh, duck podcast expresses. Mm-hmm. Using um, the USB audio recorder that I got, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's been pretty good. Um, our last express was on July 18th, 09. And our last real episode was the HTRversary uh, 2009 party of April 4th. Um, but we are here back in Kevin's basement. We have some special guests with us today. Um, first up, we have Jillian Bird. Welcome to the show, Jill. Thanks, Joel. And we also have uh, Simon Cully, who is a newcomer to the group and a newcomer to the podcast as well. Welcome, Simon. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? And, of course, there's Kevin Lau here today, and uh, I'm here, Joel Idria. Um, so, first off, uh, we, should, we should do our usual equipment roundup. We're just going to go over uh, the mics of today. Um, so, uh, we took a little trip to Long and McQuail, or Long and McQuaid, as some people may know it. Um, and I picked up some new equipment. We kind of went a little crazy, but um, I picked up the Apex... Uh, Apex, I guess it's just the Apex 435. Um, it's a condenser studio recorder, uh, microphone, uh, XLR, not USB. I was really looking for the XLR, which was surprisingly hard to find. A lot of people just want to do simple USB podcasting, so that was a little hard to find. Um, but uh, it's working pretty well. I don't know how it's come pretty well, come through pretty well, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, it sounds good. Uh, you, obviously, with condenser mics, you have a lot of uh, top-end high-frequency clarity that you don't get on Dynamics. Yeah, so. for sure. And I am using the pop filter that I got on sale there. Um, and uh, I think it's pretty well. It, it was working pretty well without the pop filter, but uh, I figured I'd throw it on just to make sure everything's... See, a, uh, yeah, oh. <laughs> a commercialized pop filter, which is kind of weird because, like, we'd make something like that, like pantyhose or something like that, right? <laughs> that works equally yeah. well, but this is this seems to be working out. So Kevin Lau is over in the corner with uh, the PG48, so we've been a trusty companion. Yeah, I had that for several for a while actually. Uh, the first thing we did was the radio drama with Yuri. Yeah, that was the original uh, PG48 experience. Um, and Simon's got the EV wireless today. Yeah, the RE2 that we introduced in a past podcast, the RE2 N7. Yeah, this has been our resident theater mic at Ainley, so... Yeah, it's been, uh, it replaced the Audio-Technica, which was these crap crapping out at all, at all times. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, um, it's the tuner was off a lot. Yeah. And, yeah. So I think that, that, are you ordering a similar model for the school for this year? I'd like to order a similar model. Uh, obviously, I have, to, I have to come down and see what it is, but, okay. like, they might be like, no, you have to get a TOA or something like that, right? Do you then, guys, like, work out all that stuff, like your uh, budgeting and stuff? Uh, I have to get to that. I have to. I have to get all the quotes because I did. Yeah. And uh, of course, we have Jailbird here on uh, the XM eighty five hundred, my Derringer. 
Uh, it has quite a good low end, so it's probably more appropriate for Jim. Mm-hmm. It also it's also the switchless version, which if you've done shows with mics, you'll realize really quickly that people don't check the switch on the mic and they're going like, why is it not working? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, Kevin, just so you know, we're sort of bumping some things up here because Jill is going to have to run off from us. Yeah, we knew that. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some new equipment and some different things. Uh, maybe have a bit of discussion on the video podcast that we just did and and uh, yeah, so but we're going to start off on a bit of discussion on uh, some next steps for uh, for next year. This is sort of a big transition year. I'm sort of ahead of the game. I finished a year of computing science, um, but I'm actually uh, switching too. Um, but Jill just graduated. Kevin graduated. Simon's just coming into Perry Amway and will be taking over some of the duties there. And you're kind of going Yeah. So. So uh, we've had some big transitions, but why don't we start with Jill? Um, what are your plans for next year, and what's uh, what's going on with you and tech-related tech activities? Well, I'm going to Grant McEwen for a theater production in the fall, and I'm really excited about it because the program there is only two years, so it'll be really quick and awesome. Yeah, so um, what are you going to be specializing in? Like, I believe... So that program, you sort of get a year uh, that's sort of the broad... Like a general year, yeah. General year. And then uh, what are you looking at specializing in? Um, well, I'm hoping to specialize in either lights or costumes. Possibly sets. I'm not sure yet. I'm going to take the general general year and then see if there's something that I want to specialize in and take farther. Interesting. Um, what have you been doing uh, this year uh, with... Uh, with Strathcona, do you have any plans this summer uh, on a trip or anything like that? Um, well, I'm going on a Scotland trip, so I'm going with Strathcona Theatre Group, the high school there, and we're going to be taking a musical to Scotland and going to the Edinburgh Film Festival, and that'll be really cool because my costumes will be featured on a French stage, which has never happened with me before. And so, like, what is the progress of that show? Has it started? You started producing it, or what's going on? Well, to be honest, I'm really out of loop because I'm not at their high school, right? But um, I've measured all the kits, and I actually got a pattern for the ties today, for the, the ties that they'll be wearing. And I got some fabric today, so I'm going to start costumes, like, tomorrow, basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what show are they doing? Uh, it's, a, it's an original show by Captain Tracker. Yeah, and he's writing all the music too, and it's really, it's really badass, kind of hardcore rock sort of thing. And uh, it's called St. Eggie's 84, and if anyone wants to come see it, it's playing at Avenue Theatre from July 16th to the 24th, I believe. And then, that's another thing. Yeah, that's another thing. And then we leave for Scotland on the 14th August. So for Fringe Stage, you mean like the Empton Fringe, or is that a... No, I mean the Scotland Edinburgh Fringe. Okay, it's like okay. It's national fringe festival, so yeah. everybody from who's got like anything behind them, they still there. Well, it's the biggest, it's the biggest fringe festival in the world, and I mean, it's a pretty month long, so I mean, the fact that we even get two weeks there is priceless. It looks so good on the CD, and great exposure and everything. CD, not CD. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, um... Is there anything else that you want to mention of the Duck Podcast? Um, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, like, what else do I want to mention? I don't know. Well, is there, uh, like, uh, has there been any major 
moments this year, uh, like in lighting or in, in, has there been any new activities that you've been really excited about this year that uh, you're looking forward to engaging in? Mm, yeah, probably lighting. Probably lighting would be the biggest one. I did uh, light design for two or three shows this year, so for one afternoon. Because, yeah, at, at the Tim Center, uh, yeah, basically, they loved her, and basically, uh, we we were allotted a certain amount of time, but then we needed more time than we had, but and the staff had to leave, but they were fine with us just being in the in the tech booth, which is... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, well, the sound guy ran away. Oh, Jill is the light, yeah. and then sound was Kevin, so... You guys got your show. Yeah, the light guy was really nice. I really liked him. Um, I don't know if his name Jeremiah or something like that. Yeah, but he was really good. He was cool. Excellent. He'll probably meet the next people. Um, and of course, uh, so next year I'll be uh, going to into the technical theater program at U of A in technical production. Um, I basically decided one day that it was not my not my time to continue into computing science, so I made a rapid transition. Um, luckily, it was at a time that I could still make the transition, and applied, got in, and was uh, I'm now on my way to be doing shows this fall, so I'm pretty excited to do that, and uh, hopefully be working with Jill in the future. Oh, that's going to happen. Oh, yes. That's going to happen. Joel, was your assigned uh, task stage carpenter? Or? Um, yes, I'm not, like, right now the details are, are, are pretty scarce. Um, I still need to uh, make sure all my courses are registered and what that. Um, basically, uh, they said that I'll be doing carpentry for the first semester. So I'll be helping with stage uh, construction and all of that. Yeah, they, they like, uh, basically, um, they, they allowed me to transfer right into second year, so I'll be going directly into the program, and then so I'll be thrown right in there with the mm-hmm. how How's the how's the setup though? Like, how does it work? Do you know? Um, with your courses and everything? Yeah, well, it's sort of like they give you a handbook and it, t- it tells you exactly. Like, basically, it is a very set schedule for what courses are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, basically you. Uh, you know, you start off and you do some shows. I know he explained it all to me, but I wasn't like, <laughs> but uh, you get the opportunity to uh, technically direct a show, um, to be sort of a production manager. It's, it's pretty neat. It's pretty unique in that way um, because, uh, like a Grant Mack, I don't think you really get to the technical director level. No, you don't. No, yeah, which so it was kind of disappointing for me because I would, I really like that way to fit them. Well, but that's okay. I mean, I yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I think it, at, at the end of the day, uh, in technical theater, uh, it's, it's all about your initiative, and, uh, after, you know, you can take any, as many degrees, maybe no degrees, whatever you want, um, at the end of the day, it's whether you jump in there and start doing shows, mm-hmm. start, uh, trying new things and really showing your skills and demonstrating leadership. So, yeah, that's excellent. Um, now, Simon, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you've done this past year at Harry Well, I came to Harry I found tech, and immediately the way it works at Harry uh, Tech Club is newbies.
please get their mentor. And so, thankfully, I had Kevin as my mentor for the entire year. He showed me the ropes around the place. So, I was doing everything from sounds, lights. I was, I was actually everybody's little newbie. Yeah, you you enrolled into and, yeah yeah. And and as our head lighting tech, or was because she graduated this year too. And that's what your official uh, your official task was actually lighting your department. Yeah, really? Lighting. Yeah, um, and then and then we'll Ivan. Yeah, and then Ivan got my hands on or his hands on it on me, and he's a was our head uh, construction, and now I'm taking over that. So next year I'm head of construction, and that was basically my biggest job construction this year because I built a lot of set pieces for a lot of productions this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the uh, yeah, the first job was the stuff. yeah, first job was to make a uh, full uh, floor platform for our main stage show Jane Eyre this year. And uh, we oh, basically yeah. did the, we yeah we did that uh, building code style. So yeah, we used yeah, yeah. Uh, two by two by twelve or two by ten or uh, no two by sixes and we span them five no five foot lengths and. Ma- to give you some perspective of how overkill we went is if you have a 2x6, you can span it 12 feet before you have to put a joist supporting it, a vertical joist supporting it. As per the building code, yeah. Per building code. And we had it spaced 5 feet. And so this thing, if we want it, can hold tank. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's weighed as much as a tank as well. Yeah, yeah about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it just stayed on stage all the time. Yeah. yeah. That was an important factor because it, people were kind of falling down on that mm-hmm. platform. And There's we did people yeah. like the bows, too, so that was yeah, we had really like, good that it was solid. I think Jane Eyre had, like, four people on it for bows. And then no, more than more? that. More than that, yeah. Well, on the rail. Yeah. So we built it like a deck, but with a really way overkill top platform. Was it was basically it started because uh, Ivan was he's a he's a architectural, architectural design, designer, yeah. so he just designed it for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, building code, over-engineered. When, when he started it, I was still focused with hand and lighting, and then when I got drafted to construction, it was, I saw what he built, and basically I only saw the top piece, it was basically a big ladder frame, and then we put it on four by four posts, or four one corner. And then after that, we just slatted it in plywood. Turned out to be a thing. So yeah, um, I'm, it's basically the first time we were at a Home Depot run, the Strathcona Home Depot, oh, yeah. and then we were buying wood. And then Ann calls me, and she's like, "Do you know where Simon is?" And I'm like, uh, yeah. "Yeah." I was like, I, "Yeah, she's I with me." Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was pretty funny. Well, that's great. And so, um, is there any like uh, obviously? So Harry Inley's losing Kevin this year. Um, like and all of his books. And all. Of his equipment, which is important. I think Kevin is making sure that some equipment gets bought next year or this year. But what? Who's going to be uh, filling in for Kevin next year? Are you going to be taking on some of his tasks? Or? I'm hoping to take over most of his roles. Yeah, <laughs> I've already set in some inroads for Simon. I've uh, met with the library director and even like, cause like from what what I do in tech is for some people tech is only drama and only theater, but in reality, for me tech is all, actually all the service jobs that we do around school. Yeah, exactly. So uh, and even though we are trying to diminish on that for the next few years, that's what uh, that's what. Wolf says, 
um, because some of these jobs are crazy for the newbies, which are coming in. They're suddenly like spending ten hours, and you know how we have we've all been through these uh, moments. It's like you know your parents are freaking out and wondering where you are at eleven at night at at school. Yeah, Yeah. parents and being a newbie tech. And most of our GP techs had to go through that this year, so I think this school doesn't want that happening again next year. And I think, in part, uh, it's just been Kevin and I really take those tasks head on. And uh, I think, yeah, I think that Harry Ingley has sort of built up a better staff, a real staff. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, real staff, paid staff. Joel staff, Kevin staff, that will be able to support some of these things, you know, getting some some more equipment. So I think think Harry Ingley will be pretty good in terms of. In terms of all the uh, outside, beyond, extra, beyond the drama scope, uh, we'll, we'll try to keep it And also, I don't know if you know this, Joel, but um, Mr. Jenkins is taking over Mr. Heights' role. I think it's Mr. Walker. Mr. Mr. Walker is taking over that. Yeah, Walker is. And he's taking over for student council and all that stuff in leadership. So he's actually going to have somebody who's like between leadership and student council at tech. Yeah. So So more miscommunication. Exactly, and everyone will know what's going on. Yeah, Mr. Walker is pretty He's yeah, a lot more he's friendly and punitive with tech than Mr. Hype oh. ever can. So, so you guys so have that experience. We have terrible experience with Mr. Hype. Like, okay, the first... Oh, no, he's not a bad guy, but seriously, great face on all the movies. The first newbie show, like, all newbie run show, he, like... Oh, I, I'm mad at <laughs> But he's, he, like, because he holds us to a high standard, right? Yeah, so yeah. Aldo has not yet. Well, he's preparing us to, like, Kevin and yes. Joel all the time, so... That, like, beginning of the year, it was the first um, all-new crew, and we made a couple of mistakes, and most of them were because there was miscommunication between uh, uh, tech and... Uh, Camp, uh, council? Yeah. Council. It was a leadership event in the theater. There was a PowerPoint presentation, something about the PowerPoint presentation and the way the show was supposed to be run with the guest speaker coming in too. He didn't like it. It happened. Everything went smoothly, but Mr. Hyde still exploded at all the movie decks in the booth at the theater. And, and it was, we had our lighting technique here. Awesome. Well, but uh, so it sounds like things were always. It never happened again. Because we got our act together. It's just well, one also, it, it can only get better from yeah. there. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. That's, uh, so that's sort of the future, uh, future technicians with, with Simon taking on some major roles. And of course, we have Mitch on board on some of those tasks. And of course, Misha is here today. Um, it's in the but, uh, yeah, 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 he says, hey, next podcast, you come around. Yeah. Oh, look. Sorry, Misha. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. We did have a shortage of microphones. Oh, I have, I have more microphones. <laughs> <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Okay, um, but, uh, but yeah, that's sort of uh, the future. And, uh, and so, Kevin, what's, uh, what are your plans for next year? Uh, basically, for next year... I'm probably going to take the telecommunications program at Nate. Um, this was up in the air for the last while because they were planning on cutting this program because of low enrollment, low numbers. 
And it's, it's odd because this is a, it's a field that a lot of people need in today's society. Communication through the use of technology is extremely important, but no one, you know, takes care of the hardware back end of, of the field, right? So, and basically to me, this encompasses all the, a lot of my interests. Like, I wouldn't like to limit myself just to computer networking, for example, but I wouldn't like something that was way too broad, like engineering could span anything at all. So, um, telecommunications lim uh, is networking, computer networking, telephone networks, radio networks, and... Uh, a lot of mobile data and mobile uh, cell phones. Yeah, and they're going to put an emphasis on mobile because that's that's obviously that's the... the that's that's the mm -hmm. And so, uh, like, obviously, so there's a, there's a huge shortage, obviously. Um, but, like, if people aren't taking the program, like, who do you think... Uh, fills in for, for these demands? Like, uh, would they be sort of overqualified engineers, or, or what, what, who do you think fills these positions in? Well, uh, for the like the high-end design things, uh, engineers are very common in this field. Um, but like, for example, like what we call like the tower rats, like the people who actually go out to the site and do the do the work, those people are are pretty rare relative to all the like all the other people who are basically designing protocols and uh, and the system, which is yes, still important, but how does it get done, right? So. So then, uh, I guess I guess a lot of these and. and Probably this demand will probably just be increasing, seeing as a lot of these people are just, you know, they've, they've been the telephone guys from the, the good old days of, you know, POTS and, and have sort of evolved and learned, and, and uh, but will probably be retiring all these baby boomers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you look at, like, the ham radio uh, community, there's a lot of what we call Elmers, like the, the experienced people in the in the in the in the hobby, right? But there's a lot less, or basically very little, new blood in the club. So they're basically run by all these. I guess you want to put the old guys who, who you know, the people who prefer Morse code over new stuff like uh, slow scan TV. Like, because in amateur radio, you can you can go do any kind of protocol. You can make your own protocols and run with them. But uh, for example the government dropped the uh, Morse code requirement to try and get more people to join and you know those guys are like meh about it right so anyway if that's an indication of, of, of how the field is like because a lot of these amateur radio operators are also professionally doing this in their jobs either in the military in basically radio corps or or working for a phone company, cable company, for example, these days there's been a lot more competition in the mobile uh, telecommunications market, so we've got some new players, yeah, as well as yeah, as well as uh, Shaw's coming in. Uh, lately, if you go onto the website, there'll be, there's an ad that says hiring wireless professionals, you know, who like to build stuff and build cutting-edge wireless technologies and... <laughs> Yeah. So, do you, do you think that's going to be a problem for you next year? Uh, 
It depends. Like, if post-secondary is, is like, self-paced, as people make it sound like, then I'll be able to basically go through my own, uh, the required components and modules, and then be able to explore further in, in the ones that I'm, I'd like to explore, because, like, I, I'm sure, I'm betting there's people who are there just to get the sheet of paper that says they know what something about something. But, but like even in this uh, in in this field, this is definitely something I I would have a self initiative to to explore. So and if they give me the the technology and the space and the and the hands on stuff, which is extremely crucial to me, then I think I'll do good in the program because. I I don't stop asking questions. I yeah. see professors, yeah, I and it just never ends. Because mm-hmm. the lab, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no offense, everybody. This is all nice and then go home. Yeah, go home. But we're going to say goodbye to Jill here. Uh, we're going to keep going, but uh, Jill has to head out. Bye, bye. So we're going to say bye to Jill. Bye, everyone. I'm going to improv, so got to go. Improv, Yeah. Last night of improv again. Oh, is that awesome? Yeah. And where is that? At Barcelona. It's at Barcelona, yeah. It's on white, everybody. You're never saying what Barcelona Theater. Oh, it's on the video and all that. Okay, and we'll see you again, Jill. Okay. Welcome back to the podcast again. Well, thanks for having me, guys. And I will see you all later. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so that's sort of been uh, the latest in terms of what we're doing for next year uh, for different people. Um, and I'm sure uh, hopefully we'll have a few extra It's obviously because we've been really busy, but now that like me and Joel are, are slightly less busy yeah, and we're sort of on holidays right now, so so hopefully we'll get it in through the summer and, and maybe uh, a few hours break. But yeah, so that's sort of uh, what, what we've been doing. Um, why don't we get come back? To, why don't we get back to uh, the newcomers in the wireless space? Um, so over the past, um, well, even just the past six months. Um, we've uh, we've basically seen uh, Wind Mobile emerge, and they're running off. I think we briefly discussed EWS for a little bit, um, but we've also uh, seen Public Mobile. I think is established in the east. Is it public? Yeah, that's that's one of them. There's also Dave and Dave. Yeah, I think that's Mobilicity. Yeah. So there's been some newcomers. Um, and I've sort of been analyzing this, I'm, you know, I've been looking at the iPhone 4, you know, deciding what it is that, uh, you know, I, I've still got a sort of a prepaid setup right now. I switched to TELUS in January um, simply because they, uh, I really needed a new device because my current phone, I was, I was really lacking the camera and uh, the iPhone was not yet launched. So, um, so, so basically, uh, you know, in my opinion, I find that, um, you know, these new entrants, they're definitely competitive. Um, you know, offering the unlimited options, contract-free, pre- or post-paid. Um, but at the end of the day, um, pricing is uh, it's kind of similar. And if you, if you factor in, if you give the value to the national coverage, if you give that some sort of value or uh, 
it, it really isn't actually that competitive. So what do you, what do you think, Kevin, on, on that? Well, it's nice to see the new players because their goal is to is to you know bring in competition exactly yeah but they have a long ways to go if they're starting from scratch for example win mobile is one of the companies which are starting from scratch because uh like we've probably seen all those uh all, what people consider new phone companies but there aren't actually new phone companies for example 7-eleven has their own phone service but yeah. it's actually running on rogers yeah, you know yeah yeah mvnos is what the term is um but wind is basically starting their own infrastructure from scratch, which is difficult in Canada because of a sheer physical geographical size. Um, so they started off with major uh, major municipal centers, which, which makes sense because that's where the majority of your users are. Um, but what if people need to go to other places? And to, for people, that is a, a huge consideration because, you know, there's no time where you need your mobile phone more than when you're going somewhere away from home. So, and that's why people, some people are on Rogers and all the GSM carriers. Well, Rogers was the original GSM carrier in Canada, and that was and that was the reason why why people would stick with them because they could go to other countries and swap SIM cards, for example. And now uh, all the, basically the big three carriers, uh, Bell and TELUS included, have been switching to, uh, a, uh, well, they haven't been switching, but more launching a new network, which they call the HSDPA or HSPA now because D was the downlink, but now it's uh, it's full duplex. And uh, those systems will also be, will be SIM capable because of the new devices on the market, for example, uh, like the uh, Apple's, Apple's probably never going to make a CDMA iPhone because yeah. you, well, knowing Apple, they would stick with new technology and force it on people. And in this case, it has forced the carriers to put in a brand new network. Well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think it's part of a, a bigger plan than that because I think that 4G uh, is, you know, the 4G networks are, are definitely... Uh, approaching rapidly, and that's probably part of their larger plan, because 4G, um, it will be sort of uh, CDMA slash GSM neutral, like it won't be sort of preferred, you know, they're, they're, that will be, CDMA will be dead, sort of thing. Yeah, well, CDMA um, is, is basically the way we know it, which is either 800 or 1.9 gigahertz, and if, like, 4G will not encompass CDMA as it is, so we probably won't even call it refer to it as CDMA or some of its technologies will be assimilated into into the standard whatever standard that shows up yeah and I think with with Apple um, you know the, the main issue, the main thing is that at the, at the end of the day their biggest market is the US and they're it's sort of funny because it's actually um, they, they, they they're always I always read these blogs and I was complaining about AT&T um, and, 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 you know, the coverage, and really, at the end of the day, in Canada, like we we actually have quite good coverage, and so when we, and, and 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 it depends on who you, it depends on who you ask. Performance, yes. Coverage, only in Alberta, right? Well, yeah, and I, I mean, you know, considering everything, the coverage is pretty good. But yeah, in terms of performance, is really what I mean. Um, you know, we do pay a lot extra, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, the performance of the network, uh, from what I can tell, is quite is quite good. Like, you know, there's not sort of widespread complaints, really, uh, that mm -hmm. I've noticed. And that's because of population density. Basically, it's it's, population it, this applies to wireline networks as well as wireless networks. Right. So. Um, so, but in the U.S., like, you know, AT&T is the only provider, whereas in Canada, you can bring the iPhone. They're actually going to be selling it unlocked straight from the Apple online store. You can bring it on to any network you want. 
Um, but in the U.S., you know, when they're locked in with AT&T, it really is sort of a big, a big deal there. Um, but I really don't see Apple uh, moving away from AT&T, but rather um, they'll probably, once they hit 4G and they can, they can sort of build one phone that will work on two networks, um, you know, I think that's when, uh, when Verizon will finally be there. And that's what's happening. Basically, like Telus is the equivalent of Verizon because Verizon was the nationwide CDMA carrier. Telus was our nationwide CDMA carrier. Well, yeah, and, but, I mean, along Telus, with Bell, yeah. Telus sort of, you know, they jump ship, uh, but Verizon isn't jumping ship, which is sort of interesting. So, mm-hmm. and, and it's like uh, it's like TVs and computers, and now phones and computers. Like the lines are extremely bur- blurred because your phone can do things your computer can, and your c- computer is probably going to be able to join the same network as the phone is on so yeah basically 4g won't be the mobile network like a mobile phone network cell phone network it'll just be the network that's wireless for people right so or even for embedded devices and vehicles gps uh units and stuff and so what about um this new concept of metered access um, because uh, just recently um, AT&T in the U.S. Uh, they dropped it, well they didn't entirely drop their unlimited option um, but new subscribers do not have the option of getting an unlimited data plan with the iPhone or any device for that matter um, existing existing users can uh, hold on to their plan it's grandfathered yeah it's grandfathered um, but it was a particularly hot issue with the iPad because people bought the iPad um, with 3G under the assumption that month by month you can decide um, whether you want uh, an unlimited month or maybe just a 250 month or a zero month. You know, you're not going to use data this month. Um, and so they bought the iPad under that assumption. And then AT&T basically said... Uh, if you stop using unlimited, you know, if you stop subscribing to that option, um, then you lose it. Yeah. You'll lose it, and uh, and so that's. I think there's even a lawsuit being being uh, pursued there. Question was, uh, what happens if like uh, your plan expires and you want to renew the same plan? Does that you still carry over your your grandfather? Your then you don't let it expire. You just renew it before yeah, it expires. Yeah. It. No, they, they're, they're definitely letting you keep it if you have an existing plan. And this is how it is. It's been like this in the cell phone industry for a very, very long time. Uh, if people who like their plans keep the plan, yeah, and yeah, the concept yeah. of grandfathered plans isn't new. That's why we have a word for it, right? Yeah. But I mean, uh, it is interesting that uh, they're finally, you know, and I think that this was just inevitable. People sort of kept hoping that maybe it would be the other way around that Canada would finally adopt some new unlimited plans. But at the end of the day, it really isn't isn't feasible. Well, Um, unlimited, yeah. I've sort of changed my mind on a lot of those things. Unlimited was never truly unlimited, because as soon as you say unlimited, someone will take it literally, and the system will be abused, right? Basically, that's why AT&T has a number of um, performance issues. Mm-hmm. And like when you say unlimited on Telus, Telus has this asterisk, fine print, you know, unlimited really means like 2,500 phone calls a day or whatever, right? So, yeah, yeah. so still pretty much longer, because I don't think anybody outside of maybe like being 
some of the very great points would have that many phone calls there, right? We'll see, but there's also other uses for telephone networks. For example, someone would use it as like a remote uplink system. Um, and basically, they're trying to cover all these niche uses, but these niche uses are ones that affect the performance of the network greatly, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's sort of the state of like, some networks. Uh, and there's ways, of, different ways to look at it because, like, you want to say it this way. Technically, it's not costing the phone company any any more money when you use more minutes on your phone, right? So it's an arbitrary measurement, and you just think like, okay, well, they've already bought the equipment, so like, why would it cost any more to to use, you know, the the virtual minutes? That that doesn't actually count. But if you think about the managing the infrastructure, how are they going to improve the infrastructure? Because cell sites do go down. Um, and how are they going to add new infrastructure if it weren't for that fee? Yeah, that, so. that is an, a, a good point. You know, people always sort of get, oh, minutes and you know, It is an arbitrary measurement um, because they need to be able to bill you um, based on some some estimation of how much calling you're going to do. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's not like like photocopier paper count, right? Because yeah, that that's that's, that's, that's defined, uh, there's a that's yeah, yeah exactly. But but with networks, which is why some people find it unfair, and there's a controversy over that. How do you measure this, right? Do you measure it in minutes, or do you measure it in per phone call, or or now with data, do you, like should you take other things into consideration? Like do you do you track uh, real time activity like VoIP and uh, and streaming video, uh, streaming audio video for that matter? Uh, do you take it into a higher consideration because it ties up the network more than, for example, loading a, a web page. Because even if you load a lot of web pages, it's not real time the same yeah, that loading streaming video would be. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's uh, you know, and I think that there'll be uh, in the future we're going to be seeing um, a lot more flexible solutions to these kinds of problems um, in terms of you know, yeah, how do we evaluate how we charge people? Because I mean. Uh, you know, it's it's only uh, it's only a matter of time before someone figures out. Well, you know, how, maybe you can bill a video call differently or more appropriately. And, and of course, you know, FaceTime and the iPhone 4. Like, how does that? Um, you know, right now, so the iPhone 4, uh, I'm sure, unless you've been under a rock, has been launched, um, and it has uh, video conferencing called FaceTime. Um, currently, U.S. only. Um, I do plan on getting it as soon as it gets to Canada if I can uh, tell us, but um, but it does, you know, it asks these new questions. I mean, uh, like one of the big things was like uh, basically the way it works is you make a phone call over traditional cellular network. Well, using traditional means. Using traditional means yeah. when you're on your iPhone. Because, like, whether or not you do, whether or not you use a traditional network or not, is going to be completely transparent to the user. It's going to be up to the equipment backend, which decides which system you're going to use. Or, for example, if one system down is down, it will fall back, but you won't know that directly, right? So, fine system. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah, that's, um, not, that's fine not, I don't think you quite understand how FaceTime works. FaceTime is Wi-Fi only. Yeah. So basically, what happens is. You initiate that call when you hit the Wi-Fi. When you hit the FaceTime button, you, you need go to be on Wi-Fi. to Wi-Fi. Yeah, and so it starts that that video call over Wi-Fi, and um, and so right now Apple's committed to Wi-Fi only, and you know, but while you're on that FaceTime call, like what's is there, you know, audio being like, does that count as minutes towards your AT&T account or what? You know, so that was sort of the question. It's it's not. It's because it's Wi-Fi only. You know, you're not using any data, so it doesn't count. 
um, towards, you know, because, I mean, once, once the call's been initiated, you know, AT&T's hands off. That is a fair, um, a fair assumption. Um, but, you know, it's, it's going to be uh, a big thing when uh, things start. Have they given any information as to whether, like, non, um, like, if you get your iPod 4 and you phone someone with a Wi-Fi compatible phone, can you, can the Wi-Fi compatible phone that isn't an iPhone, can you pick up, uh, like, an image of somebody who's broadcasting their face off their watch or off their iPhone? Well, right now... Uh, like, it, the way Apple works, like, yes. they probably will not open it the first day. It'll well, be... Well, no, it, it is. Right now, it's iPhone 4 to iPhone 4 only. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But the protocol has been submitted. It's open. As soon as people get their hands on it, I'm sure there'll be uh, developments. Um, and so, uh, so I'm sure a desktop... Shelf phone Wi-Fi. It's, it's possible. It's all based off SIP. It's based off H.264. It's based off all sorts of um, protocols. Um, and really, that's all FaceTime is. It's just a set of protocols that they put together um, into uh, a little package. And they're probably looking to ratify that as a standard. Yeah. 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 They, they so that'll be... Uh, we'll see how that goes. I did want to briefly discuss um, iOS 4, which came out a few days before the iPhone 4. Um, I installed it on my iPod Touch. Uh, it's a it's a second generation, so the multitasking wasn't enabled or the desktop background because of supposed performance issues, according to Apple. Um, they broke it, enabled those features, tried it out. Um, and there was an article by PC World, and, you know, of course, PC World, they're there to, you know, they're not always 100% critical of the Apple. You know, they're, they're generally, uh, they're a fair uh, sort of, but obviously there's bias with PC World. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they usually, if, if the MacBook Pro is the best laptop that year, they will, you know, they'll, uh, they'll say it. So they're, they're generally honest people, and, they, and I think they sort of nailed it on the head. They said that multitasking, that Apple blew it. And um, I'm not sure, maybe this is the case. I think it's going to take a little while, because right now, um, not all the apps have been updated to support, uh, you know, app freezing, whatever you want to call it, and uh, rapid switching, basically maintaining state after closing the app. Mm -hmm. um, not all the apps have uh, been updated to do that yet. Okay, so one question. Um, for Apple, are the applications basically universal so they can run on I, iPod Touch, iPhone, and iPad, or are there going to be separate streams? No, uh, if you go into the App Store, it depends how the developer wants to do it. Um, basically, uh, if they want to charge a different price or whatever, then they can reduce it as a separate app. You, know, you can make iPad-only apps or iPhone. Uh, you, know, you can specify what does this app support. Um, just like how you, you know, if you develop an application for the Mac or for Windows or whatever, you can say, uh, you know, our target is XP, Vista, and and uh, and Windows 7 or 10.3 and up or 10.6 and up. You, know, you can specify or Intel only, you know, only building for Intel. So just like you know, and, and just like uh, any other application environment, you know, the Apple Apple Store or the App Store is the same way. Um, but so, so these, you know, maintaining state and uh, when, when switching apps. And that's basically sort of most of what the multitasking implementation, you know, it's not really multitasking implementation that Apple is. It's what they're looking for. So you can use mobile apps at the same time. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, is that they're not, they're not running at the same time unless they're doing specific things, which is with GPS 
or Lloyd activities or finishing a task, which I think that developers really need to latch on to because it's, it's, uh, it basically means you can hold a connection. So if you're an SSH client, it means that you can hold that connection if you do it correctly. That's my understanding anyway, because there was an IRC app that was able to hold the connection to the server in the background while switching apps. So that's pretty good. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, there's not going to be rendering movies in the background or, you know, that's, that's you know... The, rendering movies because of, I, because of iMovie, right? <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, that's sort of the point, but... But they put iMovie on... Yeah, on, no, there's an iMovie for the iPhone 4, um, which, again, is just stunning. But um, but really, my point is that, yeah, is like... It, is, it, is it totally practical? I mean, if you really want to do, like... If you take a video and you want to edit it, the proper way to do it is either on your desktop. Well, that's what that's what I thought until you sort of saw it, and and that's what I was sort of saying with when we did the Duck Talk video podcast with Duck Thirteen, um, which was amazing. But you know, the iPhone four had just come out, and we so we you know you can check that out on the Duck Joel.ca website. Um, but uh, yeah, like I mean, we def- I definitely we probably could have shot that entirely on an iPhone four. Um, the quality of the video is quite good, um, being shot on the iPhone four. I've seen a few shots of it; it's quite good. And yeah, you could probably the, the, the only consideration would be size. Like it would be probably overflowing your your storage capacity quite rapidly. Um, but you could definitely trim things down and, and send it off um, for videos ten minutes or, minutes or less, which is basically. Um, you know where where we're at. That's the, the stuff you would send over your phone. That's because you wouldn't send a feature length movie over your phone because that would take and, quite a while. I, even on a, even on like every network. Yeah, yeah, they keep saying, "Well, but somebody will." Of course, somebody will. Yeah. You know, but it's yeah. No, it's but the fact is is that you know with YouTube and everything like that is that is web link. It's, it's ten minutes or less is yeah. sort of uh, an appropriate and web sized. Uh, uh, appetizer of content. Yeah, want and basically, like for like for breaking news events, which is one of the which is one of the stunning uses of this technology, is that people can upload it right away. Um, yeah. What is the uh, flash memory sizes for the iPhone four? Um, it's sixteen and thirty-two gig. Oh, that's sizable. Well, yeah. it's it's the same as the last generation. They dropped the eight, right? No, well, if you want 8, basically what they do is they release the previous model, but with 8 gigs. So you can get an 8 gig 3GS, which was never available before, but it's now available as sort of the new model. It's new old model. Um, and so if you want to go low end, it's like, I think it's like 99. Simon, grab me one. And, uh, and then you're, you've set, you've got an iPhone 3GS and you're just so yeah, that's the iPhone 4 and some new video developments in that area. It's hard to believe that just a few years ago we were talking about J-Quad and you know the need for J-Quad to edit HD video, and I'm still sort of stunned that you can do it on the iPhone, and we'll see how it works when I get it, but uh, pretty interesting. Um, so that's the iPhone 4. Everybody's cracking open. 
Yeah, they got a few actually. But uh, so I got a good deal on it, and it's, it basically it got had tow mirrors, which was a feature on the F three fifty that I basically couldn't leave couldn't live without because. That's a that's a good safety feature. I can see things. It has what? Tow mirrors? Tow mirrors, yeah. Extra wide mirrors so you can see around the trail you might be towing in. Yeah. Wait, isn't that not something you can just add on, right? Um, you can you can strap them on, right? But like they said, strap on can never beat the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and then they had an air conditioning dual zone. I was like, ooh, this is a cool feature for being standard. The other thing was uh, uh, for the regular cab long beds, I assume they, they they probably designed it assuming that you would be using it for as a work truck. So basically, yeah, the tow mirrors were standard, and uh, and so was uh, the heavy-duty trailer package. So you get the 10,800 pounds that is advertised, because basically in all the other cab formats, if you get a crew max, for example, with the short bed, you don't have the 10,000. You get like 9,000 so pounds towing capacity, but um, that one basically came with the auxiliary transmission cooler and uh, uh, heavy-duty starter, and uh, that's also part of the cold weather, also has a cold weather package because it's in Canada, so you get the 750 cold cranking app battery and the upgraded alternator, so it's like, okay, I got all these features for as standard, because if, if, if it wasn't standard, it would just be non-existent on the lot, right? You would have to order it, and I'm not about to order it because I'd have to wait till October. To get anything well, in, yeah. When you get it in October, at least you know it'll work. Well, yeah. Although Simon's ideology is like, if you get used, someone already tried it out for you, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the only reason they might be getting rid of it is because, hey, maybe they want to go new and they're like, eh, but there's more features in this truck. I already know it works. Well, if I get rid of the new used one, so Or Simon, you forgot about the other reason. Okay, like, sure, maybe they. Like, <laughs> you know what? It wouldn't be on the lot. Yeah, well, the only thing that was difficult for looking looking for used trucks is that they are driven to the ground because uh, if you're looking for something, yeah, exactly. If you're looking for something that's a regular cab long bed, it's going to be a work truck. It's like if no one has it as their leisure vehicle. It's going to have 3,500 kilometers on it. That's exactly 3,500. No, more like 350,000. Yeah, 3,500 kilometers. Oh wow. Okay, yeah, I'm bad with 500 people. 350. 100. Fuck. Megameters. 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 Yeah, SI, we all love it. <laughs> so uh, so that's your new truck, and uh, Kevin's been known as the... Uh, Official the, Logistics Department of Harry Ainley Tech. Yeah. We still need to get some HTR... Uh, uh, magnet stickers, yeah, because I do everything. I do I do computer service, but I also do eavesdrops, I do plumbing, and I... Yeah, so I need a mm. magnet sticker so I can flip it around whenever I need it. I also do hotshot now. Get a, let's get a HTR hotshot services or something like that. <laughs> Hot shots, uh, low volume uh, transport, like delivery services, oh, like, but uh, like, but not like, not like trailer, because that's high volume, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, that's Kevin's new truck, and he's been enjoying that for the past year. Dreaming of Super Duty still, but uh, yeah, Kevin fell in love with the 2011 Super Duty. I fell in love with them forever. Like, if my 04 wasn't it, a fail fest, it, it'd it's be great. It's so bad that I haven't looked down to like it. Okay, yeah, first off, Kevin has had the Dodge Super Duty, or Dodge Super Wow! Yeah. Okay, first off, I've been a Dodge man forever. Second off, Kevin has had the Ford Super Duty, the new one, has his desktop background on his laptop for God knows how long. And he's got posters of it in his basement here. It, it's been, oh, look at the Super Duty, whenever he has a Super Duty. Okay, I saw one on 23rd Avenue today on the overpass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, this is our world. 
Simon's house, and I don't have to talk to him anymore about it because he knows. Yes, he knows yeah. Is, yeah. Like, um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like at 100 decibels, I get rock music as I shower in the morning. How good is that? Come on. So, uh, so that's been the, t- the truck, and and uh, and I picked up the Spirit FX16 um, from uh, the church because it was a lot of the mic channels have been sort of fried on it. I don't really know, like. I sort of, uh, Will, who's been in charge of, of, of all that, has sort of uh, supervised everything, and he would sort of say, well, oh, these channels are no good anymore, because they're fiddled out. And I sort of, I had never experienced it firsthand. And then one day I was recording a, a violin, and, um, you know, I could sit there and listen to the whole thing, uh, very quiet environment. And all of a sudden, this one channel is just... <laughs> And it was like, uh, that's not good. Um, and so I switched stuck. channels, and I said, okay, yeah, I now know what you're talking about. You know, there's some issue with that. Um, so, I, so I brought home the Buddhist new mixer, uh, Mackie 1604. Can you fix that? You know, the thing is, is I don't use the mixer. I use the mixer for... for line mixing, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. use the line mixing. I don't really use the preamps, like the XLR inputs on it very much. Wait, is this more talking about you keep it to put your bed? Yeah. Oh, okay. And, uh, but, it, you know, the thing is, is it's, it's, a, it's a rare thing. Like, it doesn't happen a lot. And so it's hard to say, really, like, whether... Uh, it's going to crop up or what, but um, anyway, so it's it's a handy thing to have because it's got 16 channels on it, 16 full channels, no stereo channels, which is a little inconvenient. Um, but uh, so yeah, you know, if we ever have uh, a bigger event, we can always whip out the six with FX16. Well, the effects so we, we gave it a good cleaning, like we hosed it down with electrical it. contact cleaner, yeah. Um, so that was fun and. Uh, the effects do not work on it, which is sort of ironic. Like, I don't think they were ever used at my church ever. Um, and then we kept trying. I, I need to try them again because uh, it's a weird mixer in that it only has XLR outputs for the main mix. Yeah, yeah. But we tried it with XLR outputs for main mix, and it still didn't have effects, right? But so I don't know. The effects processor just—you can hear it. Mm-hmm. You can hear it. Close. And you turn it all the way up, but it's just it just doesn't do anything. One of the hypotheses is that like the processor could be uh, basically corrupted because it is a PIC, so it's a programmable yeah. chip, as opposed to like uh, which is rare because usually in mass-produced products they produce the they burn in the programming for a chip, and then it gets inserted into the product, right? But for in the spirit, uh, I guess it must have been a low-volume product because they yeah, just they had uh, they had programmable like electronically programmable microprocessors that they plugged into every mixer yeah that, that probably makes a lot of sense so mm-hmm. so the effects don't work which is kind of okay and 
but it, it's uh, served me quite well so far in my room. Yeah, it replaced the uh, Vestax, the, uh, the old DJ mixer that I got home from yeah, school last time. Yeah, it's noisy than the Vestax, and I and I uh, picked up an amp from Kevin's basement from the one of the many amps he had, and got some speakers. Um, I was just sailing over here. Got some speakers from Radio Shack, some good heavy, heavy uh, I guess, uh, bookshelf speakers, and so I've got a nice little setup. Um, and it works, uh, works pretty well. And so, but just lately, we took a trip to Long and the Quade just this past week. And uh, so we were there to pick up this Apex, and I started been wanting a studio mic, and they had a good price. It was $66. Um, sounds pretty good, you know. I think that to me it was just it was just getting a studio mic because I, it, it really does offer a better sound reproduction, and I didn't really care how much how good or bad quality it was, just as long as it was offering those features. Mm-hmm. Well, usually when you pay more for uh, professional audio equipment, you, it just becomes more durable, more tank-like. But like even the basic one, like if you bought a Behringer product, it might not be as tank-like as a Mackie, but it would still fill the same purposes. Yeah. So I mean, if you're doing, yeah, yeah. we like. Tank. Well, you know, Kevin is tank because for the sake of tanking, and mm-hmm. you're a tank because you're signing the tank. But to yeah, me, like I baby my products. This, you know, but yeah, one I, thing to yeah, it's not we're not a heavy use environment. Like I, you know, it's most of the time it's going to be idle, and then when I want it, it's going to be deployed. But I mean. At the end of the day, like the studio mic is not gonna be in a studio all day. Yeah. So. Well, see, like, uh, and even for like studio convention mics, you don't put those on stage and you know throw them around. Yeah. That's what your SM58 is for, right? Yeah. So, so, you know, it's one of these cases where uh, I, I didn't feel like investing a lot of money. You know, I'm thinking about getting a new laptop. That's something. You know, that's one of these things where you, you throw some money at it. But it, it really, uh, I think this is gonna meet my needs quite well. So. And, but while we were there, uh, we there was some stuff on sale. So they had three boxes of, of Behringer items. So one of them was... Uh, 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 so you basically it was... EQ, yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's a, it's a five-band uh, parametric EQ. It's the El- Behringer Ultra Q. And uh, I mean, it does... It, yeah, yeah. It was 20 bucks? Yeah, yeah, nineteen ninety nine. And then they had a voice enhancer for fifteen. Yeah, but it was just and like, what is a voice enhancer, right? right? So you explain that to me. I don't know. We 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 didn't oh. get it because it was one of those devices, arbitrary, non-labeled controls, which is like you turn it clockwise for more, and I'm like, more oh, what? More. Sweet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, more enhancement. Yeah, they they serve their purpose in certain areas. A lot of time, except you don't know whatever. You know, if you've got. It could be a placebo box. It could be like a random it could box. Be a yeah. Placebo box. So you know, I don't point dropping fifteen bucks on that. So, but I and then there was a compressor. An Autocom fourteen hundred. Yeah. Yeah. MDX fourteen hundred. Um, well, it's not the new Composer XL or MX series. Yeah. MDX twenty six hundred, which we do have at Harry Ainley. Which we use and we bought it from my church as well. Yeah. Um, but it works pretty well. Uh, I think the only feature it doesn't have a, a limiter at the end. Yeah, it doesn't have a separate limiter, yeah. so it would be basically if you want to use it as a, as a limiter, you'd have to set the compressor to infinity to one yeah. ratio, and then just work it from there. So basically, feature-wise, it's very similar to my DBX two sixty six XL, which is the brand name version of the same product because DBX invented the first compressor, I guess. And uh, but basically, mine was hundred hundred thirty bucks, and that was thirty bucks. So, so I couldn't I couldn't leave that one behind. 
And uh, so I set that up and uh, haven't really taken advantage of it. You know, I just had a few days so far. Well, like, I'm a huge, yeah, I'm a huge believer in compression because, like, dynamic range, screw dynamic range, you should make full use of the bandwidth that you have, right? That's, we're even compressing this podcast itself, right? So. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but the main, the nice thing is that I can now compress my mix before it goes into M-Audio, which peaks quite poorly. So, well, so it pe- peaks readily, right? Which is not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and so, and I picked up some cables and, uh, went crazy. But it was all, like, less than 200 bucks. Like, I uh, got a nice... Uh, yeah, that's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. We need to we need to hit up back sometime now and, and do the same. Music? Yeah. <laughs> well, so Kevin and so while we were there, we noticed there were some uh, they were Yorkville, right? Yeah, they're Yorkville speakers. Yeah. Um, oh, this is the speakers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I've been looking for some powered speakers. Because I've all I've got all these equipment. I've got the mixer. I've got the source. I've got the USB computer interface box. You know, I've got the processing equipment too, but I don't have any output devices. So you know. If I were called upon to do a show, I'd be like, yeah, I have like three quarters of the stuff, but I don't have an output. Well, dang. Right? So uh, that's why, yeah, that's why I've been looking for for an output device. And, you know, you, you could put it this way, that the output device is more important than, than the rest of the stuff because, like, for example, you can plug a mic straight into a speaker and it would work for basic PA, right? But anyway, I've been looking for, for, for a set of speakers, uh, like uh, – Broadcast grade speakers, and Simon, you could stop it blowing air into your mic. Oh, sorry, my nose. What do you mean broadcast grade? Nah, broadcast grade. I meant uh, production grade. Yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> no, you. as a yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, like, I was going for a set of powered speakers. So while we were at Long McQuaid, we I saw a set of Yorkville's. Well, actually, they only had one on display, but it was a C170P, which is a 100 watt powered speaker and then next to it there was the uh the c170s which is the same mini coliseum series and uh the only difference is obviously that's a passive speaker so but one thing that i really liked was that i had built-in 70 volt taps so you could use it as a 8 ohm speaker so a low low impedance standard speaker or if you were going to use if you're going to like do audio for an airport runway, for example. You could buy a ton of these, string them together in parallel, run it from a bogan at the top end, or I guess Yorkville would like you to use or Yorkville. But uh, and yeah, and <laughs> and run the whole show through that without worrying about impedance. So and basically for me, uh, when I'm at home, I have this crazy 70 volt system that Joel just complained about me talking about, so I won't talk about it again. But uh, <laughs> I could plug it into that and use it. So it could be an yeah. everyday speaker. Yeah. But but then like when when the duty calls, just turn the knob to the right, and it becomes a low-impedance speaker yeah. rated for 100 watts that I can power with my 250-watt app, which when it's used in stereo mode is exactly 120 watts per channel. So, yeah. so uh, are you planning on getting those, or are you going to... Oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look around, right? Because I've been always, like, poking fun at Yorkville's products because, you know, they, they've been... We're Canadian, but then you make your stuff in China. Like, what is that? <laughs> So, um, I mean, everyone wants, uh, I mean, I'd like a Mackie SRM450, but those are 600 bucks a piece, so. No, the Mackies are basically awesome powered speakers. They're, like, the ones I said you could, like, blast music over two city blocks square, right? Oh, those ones, the ones that I, like, I did a price out on how many I could get for my room, all eight corners. <laughs> you wouldn't need eight corners of that. You, like, no, one could, like, you can overcompensate it, you can 
overcompensated. Yeah, but anyway, I would be, I would actually look into uh, I'd look into other products like the QSCs that uh, Mackie loves poking fun at as well because they always have these mixbusters video episodes and they're just like, look, there's a QSC like caught fire. Look at that, fail. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, okay, sure. I can't afford the Mackie right now, so I'd look at something from from the other competing manufacturers, PV, EV, and uh, maybe even Mackie's uh, budget division, which is Tapco. Um, they resurrected Tapco because that was uh, back when Greg Mackey worked for EV, he made a mixer. He made the first independent bus mixer with gain structure, the way we have it today in most mixer designs. And then he called it the, it was it was Tapco, which is a technical audio products corporation. That must have been uh, in the days of the Oh, man. <laughs> they have that, uh, you know, I'm going to be going to Tampa for a couple weeks this summer, and that's system, right? It's like yeah. if you went to Future Shop and like went to their pro audio yeah. quote unquote yeah. d- department, right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, that's sort of been, yeah, so Kevin's, you know, we'll, we'll keep an update and, and uh, I'll see if I get those eventually or whatever yeah, I'd like think, to. You know, Kevin, at the end of the day, if you've got the amp, you might as well just get some passive speakers and then in the future if there's, you know, if there is a large market for this and we're going to be doing this, you can always pick up some power speakers along the way, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's been uh, a rather brief equipment update. Um, well, I mean, we didn't even cover Boxing Day. I got my new projector and a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. We have lots of I think a lot of times we have tea parties, you know, trend parties, um, and we plan on doing a duck podcast, but the table is too crowded or we get busy with other activities. So, uh, well, the we haven't quite covered all those things, but... Uh, you know, the, the, I've been uh, blogging on jlw.ca, joe.ca, um, a lot of my production notes. So we've done some shows, you know, uh, you can check out. Uh, I had a pretty standard experience, uh, not too far back with uh, Ace Artist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ace Conference in uh, Ace Conference. What, what is it? Ace Lake is the Alberta Student Leadership Conference, yeah. Thank you. And so that's on the blog. You can check out what we were doing there. And. Uh, some other shows that uh, we won't mention today uh, because they're all such vlogs. But it was like a day in the life of a roadie. It was awesome. And like it incorporates the logistics part, which is extremely crucial. And you know, and basically, you can all have we can all have our experience in tech, like Kevin's sound, me, my construction, but logistics is how it's all put together. That was a very good. Thing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I think we've covered most of the um, the, uh, 
Yeah, I think the Duck Video Podcast. I've been sort of uh, experimenting with a lot of things on my website and everything. I really want to unify the jewel dots here in the brand. But basically, because I want to bring together everything on Joel Dotsie, because I've got all the sort of sub-sites and video that build up the depth of Joel Dotsie. Um, and I think they all serve, you know, their own personal sites serve all serve purpose. Um, but I'd like a central, I'd like the homepage to just be a simple, unified location where you can say podcasts or videos or gallery or whatever, and it'll pull things from YouTube, pull things from all over the place and really square them in there. So I've got some time this summer. Hopefully I'll get implemented. I've got the design down. I just need to throw it into HTML and get it into WordPress and then write a bit of code that pulls everything off YouTube and my gallery and everything. And most of it is just deciding. Um, it's sort of tough because it's very tempting because some of these web services, they work so well. Like you can just email something to Postgres or uh, you know, upload something to YouTube from any device, from your iPhone, whatever, email it to YouTube. That's, you know, that's something that you can't, it's not easy to do on your own server, but at the end of the day, these services are not, well, no, they're, you know, they're, they're still looking to make money. And so if I've already invested in the website, you know, the hosting, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to pay for Postgres or whatever. I don't want to pay for uh, or Tumblr. Um, you know, or you know, customize something for Tumblr when when they're going to start putting ads or whatever. So it's sort of it's sort of this this uh, dilemma between going with a web service that is easy to use and quick to implement, or doing everything myself, which is more work to do, um, but at the same time, it's a little more economical and, and you know, a little more. And that's usually our mentality. Like yeah. with all the stuff that we do, like if it can be done myself, I would do it. Dude, I can yeah. I can send my truck out to do an oil change or I could do it. So, I mean, we like to do this. And so I think I'll you know, I end up still doing things on WordPress. But it is, uh, you know, because because I think with Tumblr, like, it, they're really, good, or, uh, you know, Tumblr logs, like they really have a nice uh, social community going. And, it, you know, things like Facebook comment integration. And, like, I'd really like, you know, and we might talk about Facebook in a sec, but I like because people, most of my readers are people that are coming from Facebook, and it's publishing to Facebook, but sometimes it's late or whatever, and I want to be able to have people just say, just be able to comment and have it from, you know, logged in as Facebook, which I hate, but also would be convenient for users, so it's sort of, you know, it's hard to decide how that should all work, but hopefully I'll have something to get by you. Okay. Do you guys want to talk about Facebook or well, Facebook is always glitchy because it never ends, right? It's like yeah, Google, it's always in a beta. And yes, of course, it's a, it's a privacy violation, but we knew that. But by the way, it's also you putting the content on and other people putting the content on. It doesn't just come from nowhere. Yeah, I think I think it is, there's still being, uh, you know, the, the issue is that people post things in trust. Right? Right. Um, because it really did start out as sort of like welcome to Facebook as sort of a gated community. Um, because that's what people signed up for in the beginning. But uh, the service evolves. Anything, yeah, all web apps evolve. evolves. Yeah. Which is fine. The only problem is that people are doing things that they're not understanding, and then they're freaking yeah. out about it afterwards. Exactly. But in reality, it's just because you weren't smart enough to, you know, because Facebook, when they give you, when they put in a new terms of service, they shove it in your face, literally, right? It's yeah, so, I mean, it's sort of like, okay, it's user's fault. Um, 
you know, but it's also, yeah, okay, Facebook. Yeah, like, well, yeah, Facebook's privacy, like, if you read what they describe as their privacy, it is kind of it's messed up. It is a joke. But we can't... But you, you put things on it that you would share with people. Confusing. You would not put something on it that would incriminate you, or maybe, well, you know, no, if your future stupid. employer comes up and looks up your profile, you wouldn't have stuff on that. But some people do. That's the only well, thing. I well, it, it just it, it illuminates the fact that um, Facebook and any social media site, there's no such thing as uh, a private internet. And I think um, you know there, there's there's going to be new things that make it look like the internet is sort of you know, and there'll be technologies like, for example, Google is coming out with um, the Google App Store, which will what? be a web application store, so that you can say. Uh, you know, I, hey, I like Flickr, and in a sort of an iTunes App Store-esque method, be like, yeah, I want to use the Flickr app, which really just means I want to use the Flickr website, but they take care of the payments, they take care of everything. You know, Flickr's bad example, it's all my Yahoo, but whatever. And so, um, you know, but that you have an app, and so that developers and users can meet in the marketplace to get that payment across, because a lot of the problems, you know, is that people, you know, I don't mind paying a little bit of money, but it has to be quick and easy, and I don't really want to subscribe and get confused. If there's just one pricing model, and I think Google will probably screw it up because they, you know, sometimes they screw things up. Um, they screwed up Buzz, they screwed up Wave, you know, they just, sometimes they don't approach things the right way. Um, but this app, you know, this Google app, it, sh- it should be quite promising. But the important part to learn from that is that um, even though it's sort of, it's going to become this sort of like, ooh, it's an app store, it's a gated community or something that we're sort of, you know, walking into the store and we're using an app, it's still on the Internet. As these web applications come to our desktop, it's still on the Internet. Facebook is still the Internet, and it's it, it's not private, no matter how many restrictions you put on, which I, you know, I've decided at a certain point, look, I'm just going to make everything private. And so, you know, it just, it adds that extra date, um, because I just, you know, I feel more comfortable that way. But I know that anything I publish uh, will be off into Internet land, that anybody can copy it and paste it into a more public uh, more yeah, and, well, like what whatever goes into the internet stays in the internet, right? You would, you, yeah. See, this brings me back to one the thing I've been always saying about computer security for a while now. Security at this point, like, things don't just show up on your computer anymore. Viruses and, and other malware show up because of social engineering. Exactly. They trick you into doing stuff. It's not. No, the, the it won't. Yeah. Worms has, has been long over since the Windows XP firewall. Firewall. Well, what happened was Windows XP Service Pack Zero, like Windows XP Plain Jane, Release, yeah. shipped with a firewall, but it was turned off by default. And that was, you know, with all these uh, cyber blasters, all these worms, they were literally worms, because the definition of a worm is that they go out and seek open ports, inject themselves... Into your computer, right? Your computer yeah, without your knowledge, yeah. But it was a huge thing, like it was taking down 18, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. But the, as soon as Service Pack 1 came out, they said, the firewall is turned on by default. Well, then, you know, everything changed, and the worms are basically gone. Mm-hmm. Because they took advantage of local area network 
things on the wide area network. No, no, because at that time, yeah, the, 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 the home router was very rare. I mean, you just have your connected to your cable modem. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, but that's what I'm saying because the internet is is extremely transparent. There is no, if you don't have a router, there's no there's no line between the LAN and the WAN yeah. because your LAN can be the WAN at the same time. Oh, and the thing is that because the internet is connected, basically, like there's no difference between the network in your house and the, and the internet. The internet's just got more nodes, but technically it's exactly the same. It works the same. Yeah, well, eh, that's not helping, Simon. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, I don't know how we got onto that. Because of social engineering. Yeah, Facebook is social engineering. engineering. Yeah, so, so you can convince people of, you know, whatever, but uh, the only way you're totally is you don't have to work on the computer. Yeah, but, but know, even now, so other people have other people right. has network access now, right? So yeah, like yeah. I mean, what two point is here? But still, the internet is still a public place, um, and uh, people do what? So, um, I think that does that sort of is there anything else that you guys want to address, or uh, does that wrap up about 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 Facebook? Well, I, one thing I just like to note is that is my triumph of of all of the you know the past six years. In public school, because we like Hawaii and all those all those things, we've been pushing for internet access at schools, and especially Edmonton Public School Board. But they've been rejecting our our uh, kind of proposals for for networks and all that, right? But you know, what we did do is we took it way past the line, but that got their attention. You know, letting them know that yes, there is a demand for this kind of uh, technology in our schools, right? And, of course, the administrators have always been like, yeah, but we don't really need that. Like, that's not our focus. We focus on literacy or we focus on athletics or, uh, right? But, and even I didn't notice this, but uh, since Ainley got wireless finally, because we, we have, we're not the first, but since we are an extremely large school, it has been a very slow process to get it up, but we have finally lit up at least 96% of the school with wireless access points. And, uh, Suddenly, all the people who had laptops are bringing them to school and using them in the hallways and stuff. Like, on the morning of exams, you could go down uh, the hallway near the library and you'd see, like, people sitting next to their lockers with laptops. And you're just like, you know, it existed a long time ago. It was, yeah, exactly. It was, it's all, yeah. It was only us, you know. It's funny. But the people, like, have always been there. They've always had the technology, but they've just needed, you know, the support on the other end to make it happen, right? So, and suddenly, you know, I'm hearing about stories of other people going like, oh look, I looked up like, like a chemical reaction in my class, right, on Wikipedia, and I'm like, I knew about that, right, but yeah, I'm glad to see that, that you know, you guys are doing it too, right? It's not just us, right? Yeah, so it's a tool. We're restricted from it, and now we can use it. It's been better. Yeah, no, it's it's a very exciting time, yeah, to feel, and also to feel that we were, yeah, we were the pioneers. Mm-hmm. Oh, so much. <laughs> YouTube class. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we'll. We're going to discuss, discuss a that. ton of hours, but I don't think we're going to. Yeah. No. Okay. okay. Well, this has been. Basically, no, no. My, like what I'm saying. If you know how to tunnel, then if do you know, it. then do it, right? Okay. Right. But but if we tried to explain it to you, you still wouldn't understand it. I've said I've explained it to. No, like, I, was, yeah. I was talking to Dave Vasquez and Facebook and. and so how do you do that? I'm like, okay, well, there's three ways that you can approach this. And he's like, as I give him, I say, you can do screen sharing or remote desktop, or you can do VPN, like OVP TV. 
before you can use an SSH tunnel. And you know, I sort of explained briefly what each one is, and he's like, okay, so which one should I use? And I'm like, well, I use all three because there are situations where you need each one because sometimes okay. you can't SSH because... Well, sometimes you can't PPTV because of, like, yeah, network. Because you're not on the, you know, you're on the school computer. And Joel's going to talk about my network. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, like Kevin's network, I, for some reason, PPTV connections drop, so it's, like, awesome. So I have to make a different SSH connection or, you know, whatever. And so, remote desktop is good if you're on a completely different computer. If you're on, like, a lab computer, yeah. which yeah. is locked down, then you need, you can just use the whole computer to connect out because it would yeah. be faster than installing all the software on it yeah. to do it, yeah. So, you know, there's all these different approaches. It's like, okay, well, I was like, yeah, you can just go Google those, and if you have any questions, let me. <laughs> so, you know, people can figure it out for themselves, because that's, you know, otherwise... It's like trying to explain Active Directory in, like, two seconds. You, you just know, can't. Active Directory is something Or even DNS. You know, DNS is, like, one of the things what? of the Internet that people still don't understand. Wow. Yeah, it's very mysterious. It's 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 something that's it's one of the few protocols that has lasted since the original internet in the seventies right now. Unfortunately, and unfortunately, it's still there. Now that in the new age here, it sucks because people are being introduced to it because the new technology is not really want to be compatible against it. The new technology, I'm talking about like Xboxes and Xbox innovation for wireless. Holy crap! What <laughs> so many problems with DNS and wireless Xbox? What? What are you? Okay, first of all, we need to stop this before you say anything more stupid. Um, they do not cooperate. <laughs> no, no. Okay, see, this is this is exactly what I'm saying. This is exactly, yeah. Um, I, I'm Joel Adria from Joel.ca, J-O-L-E.ca. You can check out my blog and hopefully you decide coming soon. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm Kevin Lau at ahr.net, still there. Uh, <laughs> now diversified. Now diversified. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm Tom has a reference on both those websites. I do not have my own site. Yeah. I need to work on yeah. that. No, I'm not going to get the site. It's a triple blog. Okay, this is yeah. the next podcast. Until next time. Duck.